Event may be too intense for young children, and it's not recommended for children under the age of 13. No costumes or costume masks allowed. Discover Universal presents Halloween Horror Nights Haunted Tales, an anthology series exploring the stories behind Halloween Horror Nights' chilling original creations. In today's episode, we'll hear from Ramon Paradoa as he tells the tale of Fiesta de Chupacabras, an original haunted house at Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights 2022. A young girl sneaks away to explore her small town's lively festival, only to discover the blood-soaked truth behind their fearsome tradition. Here's Ramon with Las Máscaras de Rosalía. Peeking through a dreary overcast was a golden sunset looming over the colorful rooftops of Rosalía's pueblo. A storm was on the horizon, as was the first night of her town's cultural celebration, La Fiesta de Chupacabras, a night known by the villagers as El Día de Sangre, the Day of Blood. No amounts of rainfall, however, could veer the commencement of the festival off course, nor prevent the young girl from completing her day's work. Every year, Rosalia was tasked with distributing her father's newly crafted masks to the people of their pueblo. This was her contribution to not only the fiesta, but to the illustrious mask-making lineage of her family. Rosalia, however, was as adamant as she was passionate, and this year, she yearned for more. With the burlap sack in tow, Rosalia paced down Calle Calavera and towards the destination of her final delivery, La Carniceria Robles. The butcher shop had a mysterious aura about it and had become an urban legend of sorts amongst the children of the town. Consequently, they abided by a set of self-imposed rules. Do not enter La Carniceria Robles without permission, and never go alone. Adorned along the windowsills of the surrounding homes were brightly colored garlands forming the shape of a hound-like creature. Rosalia cautiously approached the shop, whose front door was slightly wedged open. Seeping from within the dark confines of La Carniceria was a putrid, rotting smell. Fighting off an incoming gag, she probed through her mochila until coming across the item she was looking for, an ornate mask, rich in color and layered in texture. Its design infused with hound-like features. She gave the door a gentle knock. Señor Robles, I have your mascara for a día de sangre, shouted Rosalia. Echoing back from within the shop was a faint, pain-ridden wail, its chill-inducing tone more human-like than animal. Unwilling to find out who or what the sound came from, she left the mask on the doorstep and backed away from the shop's entryway, only to clumsily bump into an unsuspecting tourist wandering along the cobblestone road. Perdón, señora, Rosalia exhaled. No, dear, forgive me, replied the tourist. This is my first time visiting and I got distracted by my own admiration. Your devotion for culture and tradition is incredible. Tradition is our duty, responded Rosalia, and our culture defines us. The tourist smiled, then shifted her attention to a peculiar symbol painted along the side of the butcher shop, its hound-like shape mirroring that of the decorative garlands. I've seen the symbol all over town. The mark of the beast, correct? She asked. Si, la marca de la bestia, del chupacabras. My papa says it's been the icon of our fiesta for many years. He makes masks that look just like it, replied Rosalia. Fascinating. Where can I get one for myself? asked the tourist. Rosalia replied, Well, my mamá says they're only for the people of our pueblo. I see. Well, my dear, I hope to see you around the festival, said the tourist with a grin. Rosalia nodded, then scurried past the tourist. She made her way down the maze-like curves of Calle Calavera and through the bustling courtyard of her pueblo before happening upon the street she called home, Calle del Lirio. Papa, mamá, I'm back, she exclaimed as she burst through her front door. From around the living room corner came Rosalia's stern but nurturing parents, Marilena y Álvaro. They embraced their beloved daughter with a warm hug. 
Hola, mijita. How did it go? Marilena asked. All the mass have been delivered. Well, all but two, Rosalia replied. She broke loose from her parents' grasp and swung her mochila forward. From within the nearly emptied sack, she retrieved two specially crafted masks. Surprise, shouted Rosalia, extending her masks out to her parents. Rosalia, these are wonderful. Did you, did you make these yourself? asked Alvaro. Si, papa, all by myself, for you and mamá, replied Rosalia. An endearing smile cracked through Alvaro's rigid facade. We will wear them with pride tonight, mija, he said. They embraced once more. Rosalia, ever the schemer, capitalized on the joyous moment to blurt out the question that had been plaguing her mind. Speaking of tonight, I was wondering, am I able to finally attend? Rosalia, we've been through this. You were not yet ready, Marilena stated. But so many of my amiguitos are going this year for their very first time. If my friends get to go and pay tribute to the traditions of our pueblo, why can't I? Rosalia asked. This fiesta and our traditions are complicated, mijita, responded Marilena. There is much you do not know and cannot yet understand. Alvaro, through a bout of reluctance, chimed in as well. When the time is right, you will attend. Now is not that time. You are to stay with your uncle until sunrise. Defeated, Rosalia stormed to her bedroom. She wanted nothing more than to experience the fiesta for herself. Her curiosity and impatience were at their peak. Nightfall came and Rosalia was confined to the prison of her Tio Manuel's dingy casita. Her uncle's home was in the heart of the pueblo, which made it challenging for Rosalia to keep her mind off her own misfortunes. And between his fits of snoring, she could make out the exhilarating noises of the fiesta just outside her window. Jovial music, whistling firecrackers, and distant cheers, amplifying by the minute. With Tio Manuel's sound asleep, tonight was as good a time as ever for Rosalia to do the unthinkable, and she was feeling more daring than ever before. After a bout of hesitation, she grabbed her mochila and sneakily tiptoed her way out the front door. From the moment she stepped outside, Rosalia was enthralled by a barrage of sound and light. Her pueblo was alive, the streets roaring, the dark skies painted by the ongoing illumination of fireworks. Townspeople ambled about in a frenzy, many wearing the infamous mascaras she so proudly distributed. It was everything she had dreamed it would be and so much more. She retrieved a mask from within her sack and slipped it over her head in a rapture of joy, then sprinted forward into the night. After a trek through the bustling town, Rosalia idled to a stop at Calle Calavera to catch her breath. She removed her mask and spun around jubilantly. Her moment of bliss, however, was sabotaged by an eerie observation. The front doors of the surrounding homes were smeared in thick coats of crimson, crudely forming the shape of a hound-like creature, La Marca de Chupacabras. Perched beside their entryways were water buckets, also crimson-stained, but empty, as if drained of the liquid they once held. Rosalia looked down and discovered a trail of blood, soaked into the cobblestone and leading straight into La Carniceria Robles. From within the butcher shop resounded another pain-ridden wail, only this time it was no longer faint. It was deafening, blood-curdling. Help me! Please! howled a distressed voice from within the shop. Rosalia's eyes widened in horror. As she backpedaled away from the shop, she clumsily tripped over her own feet and opened a fresh gash on her knee. Fighting through the pain, she stood herself up and bolted as fast as she could in the opposite direction. Her own adrenaline overwhelmed her, as did the maze-like curves of Calle Calavera. She knew every nook and cranny of her pueblo, but for some reason she found herself lost, mind clouded by the utter terror of what she had just witnessed. She noticed the same ritualistic imprints etched onto every front door that she zipped by. Written along many of the buildings she passed was a chilling message. Tu sangre alimentará la bestia. Your blood shall nourish the beast. She eventually happened upon the courtyard of her pueblo. 
At its epicenter was an injured woman, haggard and bound to a pole by her hands and feet. Her head drooped forward as she fought to remain conscious, and her wounds leaked profusely into an overflowing bucket beneath her. Rosalia hastily marched towards her. Senora, can, can, can you hear me? She stuttered nervously. The woman momentarily broke out of her stupor and glared Rosalia dead in the eyes. Help me, my dear, she murmured through labored breath. The woman's features looked familiar to Rosalia. Shortly thereafter, she came to a daunting realization. It was the polite tourist she had met earlier in the day. On the ground nearby was a blood-soaked knife. With the tip of the blade, Rosalia hacked at the restraints until finally cutting the tourist loose. She stumbled forward and into Rosalia's arms. In the distance, a mob of villagers could be heard chanting in synchronization, approaching. Put this on and run as far as you can, said Rosalia as she handed over her mask. Rosalia frenetically searched for a place of refuge within the courtyard. Dozens of villagers, all donning different masks, enclosed upon her. Their clothes were stained in the deep red blood of their victims, as were the knives they wielded with sadistic pride. A sense of panic spread amongst them as they realized that the tourist, arranged to be the final sacrifice of this year's Dia de Sangre, had been set free from her arranged fate. Coming forward from within the mob of people were two individuals wearing mascaras that Rosalia knew all too well. They removed their masks and revealed their true identities. It was her mamá y papá, Marilena y Álvaro. Rosalia, what have you done? asked her father. Why are we hurting innocent people, papá? Why? she shouted through tears. I thought our fiesta was about heritage, about culture, about tradition. Álvaro knelt before Rosalia and grabbed her firmly by the shoulders. Mijita, this is our tradition. Every year, cada año, the beast must be fed. It is our blessing and our curse, and it's either their blood or ours. Álvaro and Rosalia's impassioned moment was interrupted by a formidable howl. The villagers fell silent. Álvaro and Mariarena exchanged frightened looks in recognition of the monstrous call. They clenched tightly onto Rosalia, who watched on in awe. From within the desolate alleyway glowed a pair of glossy, menacing eyes. Creeping out into the courtyard was a mangy beast that was larger than your typical canine. It had pointy, horn-like ears and razor-sharp fangs protruding out of its mouth. A row of spikes ran along its bony back and all the way down to its lanky, lizard-like tail. While sickly in appearance, the beast was imposing and otherworldly. It was a chupacabra. It slithered towards the group, snarling loudly with sinister intent. The surrounding villagers dropped down to a knee in awe of the creature they so devotedly worshipped and formed a pathway for it to lurch through. The monster was thirsty for blood and had its fiendish eyes set on the gaping wound across Rosalia's knee. It closed the distance, backing Rosalia and her parents up to a dead end within the courtyard. With its prey cornered into a mousetrap, the beast released a guttural bark. The villagers, through their own fear and reluctance, began their chant once more. Tu sangre alimentará la bestia. Your blood shall nourish the beast. A thick layer of drool oozed between the ferocious fangs of the beast as it inched closer. Closer. Through fight-or-flight instinct, Alvaro shoved Rosalia into Marilena's arms, then addressed them both with a heightened sense of urgency. Go! Now, he screamed, I will take care of this. Alvaro, no, por favor, shouted back Marielena. Los amo a los dos. I love you both, he whimpered as a chance ensued. Then he stared into Rosalia's fear-stricken eyes. Now you understand, mijita. The beast must be fed. Continue our legacy, the legacy of our pueblo and of la familia Cruz. Alvaro gave Rosalia a firm kiss on the forehead, then retreated towards the beast. Marilena and Rosalia scurried back into a nearby crevice, safely out of the monster's purview. Alvaro gradually drew closer to it. 
Nearby on the ground was the blade Rosalia used to cut the torso loose from her restraints. He picked it up and sliced open a wound on his palm. The blood trickled down his open fist and onto the cobblestone road. The beast's eyes enlarged, as did its monstrous appetite. It crouched back on its two hind legs as Alvaro crept forward. The chanting grew louder. Tu sangre alimentará la bestia. The blood shall nourish the beast. Then, in a ravenous flurry, the beast lunged forward and clasped onto Alvaro's arm with its prolonged fangs. She wept in excruciating pain. Marilena held Rosalia back as she shouted in agony, Papa! Right before their eyes, Alvaro was dragged into the desolate alleyway by the brutish force of the Chupacabras. His screams of anguish were drowned out by the entranced chants of the villagers. Rosalia wailed in her mother's arms as they barreled down the street. That was the last time she'd see her beloved Papa. After a loud crack of thunder, rainfall finally came down out of the streets of the pueblo, cleansing the town of the blood it had shed on that year's Dia de Sangre. Rosalia Cruz kept true to her father's wishes over the decades to come. Sixty years later, La Fiesta de Chupacabras was very much alive, as was the illustrious mass-making business of La Familia Cruz. Along a crumbled wall on the edge of the pueblo was Rosalia's charmingly quaint mascara shop, where she'd spend her days slaving to the needle, crafting elegant masks for the festival that was so deeply woven into her existence. It was a fine summer morning. The golden sun rose over a clear blue sky. Marching down Calle de Condado and towards Rosalia's shop was a gleeful tourist. She winded to a stop, staring intently at a symbol painted along the crumbled wall. It was La Marca de la Bestia. Excuse me, ma'am. I'm here for the festival and was wondering if you could tell me what the meaning of this symbol was. I've seen it all over town, asked the tourist. That, my dear, is La Marca de la Bestia, del Chupacabras. It has been the icon of our fiesta for many, many years. I fabricate masks that look just like it, said Rosalia. Fascinating. I'm just so amazed by your devotion to tradition and culture, said the tourist. I'm sorry, I forgot to ask you for your name. Rosalia, she replied. But to those who knew her and the decorated history of her lineage, she was known more fittingly as La Fabricante de Máscaras, the mask maker. <laughs>